Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to The Ray Taylor Show, where I bring you the reviews of the latest movies and TV shows, as well as classic and foreign films. I'm your host, Ray Taylor, and on this podcast, I'll be talking about all things film and television. Whether you're looking for a new show to binge or want to know if that blockbuster is worth the trip to the theater or just want to hear my thoughts on a classic or foreign film, I've got you covered. So join me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for new episodes and let's dive into the world of film and television together. In today's episode, I am talking about Bo is Afraid. This came out this year, 2023, written and directed by the one and only Ari Aster, starring the one and only Joaquin Phoenix, among many other great actors are in this. Uh, the plot of this movie, following the sudden death of his mother, a mild-mannered but anxiety-ridden man confronts his darkest fears as he embarks on an epic uh kafka-esque odyssey back home this was a movie i was looking forward to watching i re-watched and reviewed the two previous ari aster movies in anticipation for watching this one and uh i loved i loved 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 the first act of this movie I loved the first act of this movie, and I was like, this might be one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, then uh, it changes. Something happens. An event happens, and it goes into kind of becomes a different thing. And I was still with it when it changed, uh, but then it changes again. And eventually this movie just kind of collapses on itself, in my opinion. Uh, I mean... Like many, or many, like every Ari Aster film, I got more out of it in my repeat viewings. Uh, there is a lot going on in an Ari Aster film, and I think this movie has the most going on. Uh, and it gets to a point where, uh, like, my brain rebooted. It was just too much, too much going on. Very surreal, a lot of things happening. And uh, a movie that I will be excited to rewatch in a couple of years. Right? Uh, it reminded me a lot of Schenectady, New York, that's written and directed by Charlie Kaufman. This had major Charlie Kaufman vibes. It's also reminded me of Mother by Darren Aronofsky, a movie that I loved. Uh, watched that recently. I, I don't know if I reviewed it or not. Uh, I feels like maybe I did, uh, but it's a movie that I did like and uh, is a wild movie. And this movie kind of feels like both of those where it is wild. Uh, the meta nature and kind of craziness of Synecdoche, New York with Charlie Kaufman. The surrealness of Mother. Mother! Oh, with Dar from Darren Aronofsky. So... I don't know, man. It, this is a movie, and the beginning of this movie, uh, I loved it. I was like, "Oh, this, this is amazing," and uh, it moves past that, and then moves we way beyond even uh, the the first change. Right there's just a mania and stress to this film, which I like. Though you know those films, 
Mother. I like Schenectady, New York. I like Ari Aster's films. I like movies that stress you out, like Uncut Gems. Right? I, I like all of the aspects of this movie. It just, you know, uh, for me, this was just too much. And uh, But if you like those films, if you like Mother, if you like Schenectady, New York, if those are your jams, if you liked the two previous Ari Aster films, uh, what is it, Hereditary and Midsommar, uh, this is very much different than Midsommar and Hereditary. Very different. Like they, There's definitely a lot of dark comedic aspects of this, very surreal aspects of this as well definitely tonally feels much different i mean has it really has that charlie kaufman kind of which even his movies aren't comedic uh but that surreal nature there's definitely some funny aspects to some charlie kaufman films um and mother i mean just just kind of the ridiculous nature of it um with some dark comedy uh man but the beginning of this movie is kind of a horror film that plays on common human fears, uh, right? This It plays on all of the kind of mundane daily human fears that exist, kind of one after the other, a collection of very small, of every small fear, but in a very concentrated and heightened way, which I loved, like... The stress of properly taking medication, the stress of living in an apartment building that has like a, a locked front door and losing your keys and having to kind of prop open that door to go somewhere real quick and the fear of people getting in. Just it, it, all of these small things just heightened to 11 very surreal kind of look at fear and i was like so into that right everything every aspect of life just amplified and and really just highly concentrated and that was kind of the beginning of this film that i was like oh i'm gonna love this movie i'm gonna like i don't understand like if this is if this movie is this I don't understand why people didn't like this movie, which I, after having watched this movie, I really want to dig up some reviews of this movie and see what p other people thought of it because, uh, I don't know, like the beginning of this movie, I absolutely love. Uh, but then it, it starts moving away from that more and more as the film goes on kind of jumps around in time with flashbacks and flash forwards and in watching uh i watched like a special feature kind of on this movie and it is the intention is to show the complete life of joaquin phoenix's character beau uh but in such a surreal way and you do see from start to finish, you see this guy's life and it jumps, it does jump around, but, uh, just, it just ended up being a lot. It ended up being a lot. And again, I think part of what I like about Ari Aster is that he's not worried about p 
putting a lot into his movies, which, in my opinion, makes them great for rewatch. Like the rewatchability of the, his movies is is great. It benefits from having so much in them because you will get more out of these movies every time you watch it. Right. But uh, I loved the first part of this movie, you know, um, far different, more comedic, darkly comedic than his previous films, which was kind of refreshing. Uh, but it's a movie with a lot going on that I may I will definitely appreciate in uh, repeat viewings. And, uh, you know, in a few years, as I think all of Ari Aster's films, you need a, a couple year buffer between repeat viewings just to kind of let it you need to cleanse your palate for a, a bit. The the stress and trauma from watching his movies uh, needs to uh, you need to take some time. But I do want to talk about specifics of this movie, which re requires spoilers. So. From here on out, spoiler warning for this movie, uh, as I attempt to talk, I'll just run through what my thoughts were while watching it. Uh, so spoiler warning from here on out. This movie literally starts with the birth. And I thought the great scene, first person point of view of a child being born, uh, and then cut to him at therapy, getting new drugs, right? Joaquin Phoenix playing this, you know, amazing actor. Uh, you, just him walking through the city and seeing just the concentration of what city life is like, the noises and the people, right, the constant fear. You have just a kid looking at a, an assault rifle, like buying a gun at the side, the side of the, the street. You have mentally ill people in the street, crime, death, all of these things, just very in your face as he's walking through the city let's take a quick break from the podcast because i want to talk about my new limited edition signed and numbered prints for the many faces my ongoing ink painting series of abstract and surreal faces you can now get limited edition signed and numbered prints only five prints are available for each image and they are printed high quality on the same paper that I use to print or to uh, paint, I should say, the original painting. So high-quality paper, the highest print quality, uh, and uh, all made by me, in-house. I make them, I print them, I double-check, I sign them, I number them, all that stuff. Sizes and prices. Uh, is 4 by 6 is $5, 6 by 9 is 10 and the 9 by 12s are $20. That is for the prints themselves, and of course... You can always go to InspiredDisorder.com and collect the original artwork as well. Take your walls to the next level with these limited edition art prints. Once they're gone, they're gone. Go to InspiredDisorder.com and shop the collection and take your walls to the next level. Now let's get back to the show. And then you have the scene where he's sprinting to his front door trying to avoid this tattooed guy absolutely terrifying scene but also kind of funny it just like watching the beginning of this i'm like oh my god this is like i am loving this and has that like him walking through the city has the synecdoche new york kind of vibe uh in some ways very heightened reality uh 
there's a notice that there's brown recluse spider in the building, which is, you know, living in an apartment building, you know, bed bugs would be terrifying. But having a brown recluse spiders in the building, even worse. Him sleeping and he's getting these notes from his downstairs neighbor, or upstairs neighbor, one of his neighbors that thinks that he's playing music loud. Like he's being blamed for somebody else being loud right which plays on kind of the fear of being falsely accused and just like knowing that if he could he would but he's also trying to sleep and he's being disturbed by this person that's banging on his door and sliding notes under his door uh kind of reminded me of my neighbors when i had my condo in san diego right they would like the only time i've experienced people banging on what was my floor their ceiling just walking around uh although that them banging on the ceiling was probably more justified than what happened to to Bo in in this early scene uh you have which leads to the neighbor just blasting their own music so then Bo can't sleep um which when he started doing that it reminded me of another apartment I lived in where my upstairs neighbor would throw parties and I couldn't really do anything because she also put me in art events all the time. Uh, but, uh, and I had to work out, you know, it was just a shitty situation, but it was, uh, anytime I hear like music, loud muffled music, it kind of brings me back, triggers uh triggers me brings me back to those days trying to just not just not sleeping while people are having a great time uh upstairs then he wakes up sleeps through his alarm or whatever right he's got to catch a flight so he's dealing with you know waking up late uh having to fly home to see his mom and then getting his suitcase and his keys stolen right he turns around forgets something inside the house and when he goes back to the door, his keys are missing from the door and his suitcase is missing. And it's just like it every aspect of this movie so far. I'm like, oh, man, I, I just I'm so excited to see where it goes. And then the call that he has to make to his mom asking what is the right thing to do, not knowing what the right thing to do is. And like her tone is like she doesn't believe him, like he's just flaking on her. Right. But it then it plays on his fear of somebody just being able to come into his apartment and attack him, right? And then plays on the fear of him taking these pills without water that is specifically told to drink water. Then he has to run to the bodega across the street, but then his car gets declined. And then he sees all of the people going into his apartment building because he had to prop the door open, which leads to a party in his room. An insane party. People end up dying, right? Destroys the apartment. Which is just crazy. All of these scenes are crazy. When he gets back to his apartment the next day, he's like sleeps outside on the scaffolding while this his par- apartment's getting destroyed. And then you get he gets this call after he goes in and sees all the destruction. Gets this call from a UPS driver 
and says that his mom's dead and her head was smashed with a chandelier. It's like, what? Then it's p- playing on the whole, you didn't go home. You may have been your last chance to see your mom, and now she's too late. She's dead, right? It is just so much one thing after another after another. And then him getting into the bath, this overflowing bath he gets in, and when he looks up, he sees this guy holding himself up, sweating, sweat pouring on Bo. It is like, what is going on? I, I'm loving this movie, right? This dude holding himself up, trying to hide, and a brown recluse crawls on his face, and he falls in, and they both almost drown in the bathtub. And then you see Bo run out naked, right? And then you have a cop. Bo's literally naked, has nothing. And you have a cop being the most cop, right? Yelling at him to drop his weapon, which, of course, he doesn't have anything. Telling him to freeze, right? Cop begging him, don't make me do this. Well, don't make me do what? I'm not naked. It is hilarious. And then you see the other naked guy from earlier who was in the news earlier killing people. You see him out on the street as well. Now Bo is another crazy naked guy. And then he gets hit by a car, and then it turns into another movie. I loved the first part of this movie. Like, if that was just... Like, I give me that. Give me Bo dealing with living in the city, having these crazy things happen, right? But that's not what this movie's about, right? This movie ends up being not only just about him trying to get to his mom's, but also... It is his life in many ways. But I love the first part of this movie. Uh, just having everything in life turned up to 11. right? All of life's paranoia and worry turned up to 11. Uh, but then this movie takes this turn. right? Where he's brought to somebody's house. He gets hit by a car. The people that hit him take him to his house. And it almost turns into like misery at this point. You have Nathan Lane, which I love. Haven't seen Nathan Lane in anything forever. Him, he's a doctor, uh, and he, they're they're nursing him back to health, right? So they're nice people, but it's also very kind of creepy. And then there's a scene where Bo calls to confirm that his mom actually did die, and the he gets like anger. Like, he's just lost his mom, and he's calling to, to confirm that she d- died, and they ju- he just receives anger. And my mom passed away this past year, and I had a very similar reaction through email from people that were supposedly her friends, where it's like, there is no sympathy, there's no empathy, but it's like this anger that like I, I i don't know it's it's crazy how this movie uh has that aspect of it uh which definitely just reminded me of uh my own personal experiences uh this past year um and he's blamed for not being there for her for her burial uh and th- 
the way he's being spoken to isn't far off from what I experienced in email form. Uh, he's drugged up in this house. Their daughter eats pills like candy. They're like this crazy guy lives in a trailer out in the front yard. Uh, but it, it definitely has this this aspect of the movie really plays into not feeling welcome in somebody else's home. Uh, him being forced to take drugs by the girl in the car, uh, you know, or else, you know, they'll say something, they'll make up something. Just crazy. Um, and then we kind of start to jump around in time. It switches to his childhood where his mom's kind of pressuring him into getting a girlfriend or whatever, right? Saying it's the most important aspect of being a man, pressuring him into kissing this girl while they're on like this vacation or whatever. And then it cuts back to him modern day back at the house where you know where he's with these crazy people all these pills everywhere being blamed for events that happened to the family like he's being blamed for i think it was like their son or something not being there i i like it is crazy and there's a moment where he runs away and the way joaquin phoenix runs away runs away from this house is unlike any running you see in movie it in movies it is the most it is a man absolutely terrified and running for his life it is also funny <laughs> it is crazy just how he runs away from this house let's take a quick break from the podcast because i want to talk about a way for you to make a little bit of extra money by making content for companies, for brands, for products, it's really easy to make user-generated content. You can check out all the content that I've made over at inspireddisorder.com slash UGC. That is also where you can go sign up through Join Brands, which is the exact service that I use to get connected with different brands to make content, whether it's selfies with products, how-to videos, unboxing videos, product reviews, all kinds of stuff. It's really easy to do. A great way to make extra money. And you get free products while you're doing it. So go to inspireddisorder.com slash UGC. Check out all the content that I've made. And sign up to make your own content. You don't have to have a ma massive audience on social media. You don't even have to have social media accounts. You just have to be able to make content. Take pictures. Video. That kind of stuff. It's great. It's easy. Go check it out. InspiredDisorder.com slash UGC. And now let's get back to the show. Then the movie kind of starts to get more surreal. He finds this like traveling theater troupe of orphans and abandoned people. And then that kind of becomes like a cult. Uh, and it's the production of the film kind of turns into almost like this stage kind of style visuals mixed with animation. You know, I was on board. I love the beginning of this movie. And then by this time, I'm like lost. This is where it's like, oh, this is where it collapses on itself. Like even when it goes to Nathan Lane and that crazy house and he once he runs away from that and then it, it gets to this more surreal aspect. It's just like, what is even happening? Uh, but it has this plays on feeling alone searching for family 
Uh, it goes back to him as a kid. Uh, his mom telling him that his dad died after he ejaculated in her the first time. Right, the first and only time this his dad came inside of her, he died. So it's like, and she tells him that it's passed down. It's just like again plays on like the crazy horrific lies parents will tell their kids to manipulate them into being good right like use the devil or hell you know trying to scare people into being good um the boogie monsters you got to be good or else even santa claus to some extent uh And it almost feels like all of these things that are happening are like, it's him hallucinating, like the drugs that he t was given at the, the crazy people's house is why everything's so weird. I don't know. Um, but he's confronted with all these existential fears while he's watching this play. Uh, these abandoned children of his. Um, he ends up, he has this figure that he got for his mom. Um, and he gives it to this pregnant lady. So, like, I don't know. She represents his mom. Uh, there's a creepy guy from his childhood shows up. And he finally gets to his mom's house after the funeral reception has happened. And then we see the girl from earlier in his life. It's played by Parker Posey now as an adult. And she shows up. Apparently worked for his mom. And then they have sex and of course because his mom just said not just said but because his mom traumatized him as a child saying that if he had an orgasm he would probably die like his dad he is having sex with this his first love this girl that he met while on vacation but thinks that he might die so it's like it's such a weird emotional scene uh, and then she ends up dying, which is crazy. I, I don't understand. Like, I'm already so lost anyway. But still, like, there's these moments that are, like, so interesting. Like, just the moment of this, this sex scene where it's like, you think he's going to die. He thinks he's going to die. But it's also the first time he's ever had sex. So it's like this weird contrasting thing of like the most pleasure he's ever felt while also the most fear of death it, it just so incre incredibly like interesting and then you find out that his mom's actually alive and that it was a longtime servant that was the woman who whose head exploded by the chandelier and then she accuses him of lying about his keys and suitcase as a way not to uh, show up. And it's like she she faked her death to punish him. And she listened to his therapist recordings, right? She blames him for her life. It is just, I mean, there's a lot of things. Th this kind of the mother-son aspect of this was like kind of brutal kind of brutal um like definitely an ask i i like this aspect of the movie i like the beginning of this movie the stuff with nathan lane that's weird 
all of the stuff, the journey that happens in between leaving Nathan Lane's house and getting to his mom's house is overly confusing. But then getting back to this this situation with his mom is just like absolutely brutal. And then he goes up into this attic where there's a giant dick and balls. And this like militant guy. It is like what is it's like it it never ceases to amaze how wacky this movie gets. Right? And playing on the need to escape after he kills his mom, right? Getting on the boat need to get away and then he ends up in this like giant amphitheater the stadium of judgment all these people watching him he's in this like little motorboat and he's being judged right and playing on the fear of ult- the ultimate judgment and ultimately not being understood it is just such a wild movie just even talking about it makes me i want to watch it again like i want to understand this movie more and I feel like I will if I watch this one or two more times. It's just, it's, it's a crazy movie. It's a lot of movie. Uh, I wish it had stayed with what it did at the beginning of the movie. And even, the, you know, the stuff at the end, I kind of, it comes kind of back into a reality that's interesting. But uh, once he gets hit by the car, it kind of starts... I like it a little bit less. And then when he goes on his journey after that, I like it a little bit less. Um, Jumping around in time was kind of confusing. Uh, And when it gets super surreal, confusing. I liked a lot of this movie, right? I'm excited to watch it again in a few years, which is a common thing with Ari Aster films. You know, I just, I feel like every time I watch an Ari Aster film, there's at least something that, that doesn't click and with the rewatch of hereditary and midsomar the second viewing clicked a lot more for both of those films and this movie i feel like there's a few things that that i need to like understand um and i mean in general this movie is a an amazing showcase for Joaquin Phoenix's acting ability. He's amazing. He's an amazing actor. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Ultimately didn't really land. Uh, but there's aspects of this were like the best thing I've ever seen. So I don't know. I revisit it. I want to list to other people talk about it. It's just like such a wild movie. Uh, but I want to thank everybody for tuning in to however incoherent my my recap of this movie was i hope you enjoyed however my thoughts on Bo is afraid don't forget to tune in every monday wednesday and friday for more movie and tv show reviews and join the conversation by leaving a comment or rating on your favorite podcast platform or on youtube until next time enjoy the show subscribe to the ray taylor show on youtube and everywhere podcasts are found Binge the full week ad-free over at inspireddisorder.com slash plus. Purchase Ray Taylor Show merch over at inspireddisorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace out. Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true.
What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.